Good morning. Sunday morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio, our two-hour live show that we bring you guys every single week to give you our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world today, how the news is working, how to break through the propaganda, the lies, and uh, the Netflix specials that actually were wars created by the United States. Um, (laughs) A lot of things to cover this week to kind of give uh, the rundown, but there is a reminder. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say this for uh, potentially the shock value, but additionally, uh, to get everybody to understand exactly how the media landscape works when uh, the left wants to try to distract you. There was a mass shooting this week. Oh, no. I, I'm sure I heard about this on the news, right? They probably would have been They've been talking about this all week and further calls for gun control. And that's happened, right? With this one? I mean... Some of it kind of did sort of maybe a little bit at the initial, but then it just disappeared into the news cycle with other things that are honestly like less prescient to the majority of Americans. Uh, But a a gentleman went into a bank where he worked and uh, shot people. I don't have the exact counts in front of me because to be honest, I even forgot about it for a second. Um, But it did happen. Um, but interestingly, why is it being treated differently? And in fact, that's going to be like a lot of the theme of the show is why is this one treated differently than this one? And there was a joke that was posted on Twitter days and days and days ago that we retweeted on our Wrong Think Radio account, uh, which started with the entire premise of um, we're not going to know whether or not it was the gun's fault until we figure out whether or not the perpetrator was gay. Yeah. And I'm starting to think, well, okay, what we do know, what we do know is the shooter um, was not, what he wasn't was a a MAGA hat wearing, you know, uh, you know, red blooded, patriotic, uh, conservative American. We know that. And that I think, honestly, it might just be as simple as that. That might have been 100% the entire reason why it disappeared why the news just walked away from it. Um, So it was six people that were killed. There were nine people that were wounded. Um, And the shooter was a 25-year-old employee named Connor James Sturgeon, um, who was then, I believe, taken down by officers. And it happened at the Old National Bank. Now, it's very interesting because we're not hearing about it as much as we would other shootings. And we have to kind of ask ourselves why. And by the way, I'm saying this, um, uh, don't, don't respond back with the idiocy of it's because America's just becoming so used to it. That's not true. 
Right. Because there are shootings that they would absolutely, the media would just wall to wall coverage. You know, we would hear people giving, we would hear every actor and sports star and who the hell ever giving their opinion on it. Uh, all of which would be the con, you know, the condemnation of law abiding Americans who just want to be able to defend themselves. It's somehow all, all our fault. And there's no, by the way, there's also no other societal um, or any other reasons why these things happen. Yeah, it's only guns. It's only mm-hmm. guns' fault unless it's a white guy that shoots people, and then it's white people's fault. But those are the only two explanations I think there are for mass shootings: is that we have all these guns that just jump up and shoot people when they're in the hands of non-whites, and then when we have whites, it's they're just white supremacists. And that's really the only. T- is there possibly no? There, there's no other reason. Don't look into it. And definitely, you know what? I'm, I'm sure that it, it's not. It has probably has absolutely nothing to do with. Uh, antidepressant drugs called SSRIs, which it turns out a surprising number of mass shooters have been prescribed in the last year, which also have a known side effect of homicidal thoughts. Definitely not the drugs. Definitely not the million-dollar drugs that are being pushed by large pharmaceutical companies. That has absolutely, the side effects of which have absolutely nothing on people's desire to hurt themselves or others, even though that's exactly what they warn you on the commercial when uh, they talk about the side effects. Yeah, it's a little impressive uh, because you all may not have heard a ton um, about shootings until, well, I don't know, uh, I would say the 90s. Yeah. Like mass shootings weren't a thing until the 90s. Nope. If you're ever bored. And and now, now we're not medical professionals. Certainly not. And, th- and <laughs> I, I don't know this for, a f- we don't know this for a fact, but it is but... awfully interesting when you look at the introduction of antidepressant drugs in, into the mainstream and other so and other factors so in like kind of like the ni- mid 90s antidepressant drugs start being prescribed uh much more much more wild, widely mm-hmm. especially in youth especially in youths mm-hmm. and after that you start getting a lot more mass shootings and a lot of times the mass shooters have been prescribed these drugs. I don't know. It's like that certainly isn't the only case, but it's at least in something that probably warrants a little bit of consideration. Well, and and it's funny because you're bringing this up because this isn't like uh, we didn't come up with this. This is actually something that is talked about. Um, It's just ignored. Um, You know, it's ignored by the mainstream media who's funded by Pfizer. Uh, But in reality, uh, this is something that there are there are people um, that are looking into this and kind of noticing a pattern. And to be completely honest, there if there's a pattern to be noticed, not even necessarily just with these drugs, but it's it's in in the situation in, in which there there's this almost godlike control of human behavior. Mm-hmm. We seem to see a backlash. Now, um, for example, the like, look, I'm, I'm not saying that people shouldn't get help if they're sad. I don't like a culture that relies on pills. I think that that is a, a masking of the symptoms and not a solving of the problems. Agreed. And it's also very convenient. And you have to recognize that it is, I mean, this is what liberals always used to say about big pharma is it's more, um, there's more profit in treating an illness than curing an illness. Exactly. And that you can't just dismiss that because that is true. 
And it is kind and if we believe in the free market, then the idea that there are people out there trying to profit off of illness, well, that's what the free market's going to give you. And maybe it's not even the worst thing in the world, but at the same time, when you have the collusion of companies and governments and all of the whole list of bureaucracies that that exist in America, it's not crazy to to draw the connection between a drug company makes a drug that can make a lot of people a lot of money, and then they basically bribe the American Medical Association to say the best treatment for whatever condition is to use this reg regimen of drugs, and now every doctor looks at their handbook and says, well, I basically will be accused of malpractice if I do anything outside, or I run the risk of malpractice lawsuits, if I do anything outside the recommendations by these big bureaucratic boards, so I guess I prescribe X drug. And that, it's easy to see how a profit-driven motive by a pharmaceutical company can translate into the standard medical practice is to not solve a issue or to not treat a actual illness, but to simply treat the symptoms. Additionally, it's a lot easier to treat symptoms than it is to treat an actual illness many times. And so I, I guess it is easy to, it's easy to prescribe a drug. It takes a lot more time and effort that most people aren't willing to put in to identify a core problem and solve it. Say, like same with psychologists. It's a lot easier to say, well, bam, here's your prescription for psychiatric meds rather than let's actually figure out what the big problem is. And it's easier for people. If I could take a pill that just made me happy and solved all my problems, that sounds like a great deal. If it was actually, no, you have to make a bunch of very difficult and hard changes in your life that involve difficult and hard decisions that you probably have been putting off and have not been dealing with because they're difficult and hard, and that's going to make it so you're no longer depressed, that's way, that's, that's, it's way easy to see how people would choose the immediate gratification pill answer rather than the solve the deep systemic problem so you don't ever have to take pills again answer. Right. And it, it, it's just, there's always so much of when we really start to see these, these hyper focuses, especially coming out of like media and government on fundamentally trying to change like regular human behavior. That's when we see things go wrong. That's when we see things explode. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and, you could say like a lot of the trans issue is the same thing. I'm kind of sad. And then so a bunch of people who get paid a lot of money to do transgender surgeries and sell hormones are right there with an answer. It's like, oh, just, just do this one thing and you'll be happy. And it should be no surprise that people fall prey to that. It is mostly then very obnoxious when you have the canaries in the coal mine saying, don't do this, it's going to make you more sad. All the data shows that you're going to probably kill yourself or someone else. And then the media jumps in and says, actually, those people are bigots. You're not, you're, it's going to be fine. Take the antidepressants, get the gender surgery, um, and then I'll keep being able to run Pfizer ads on my news show. Um, and that's really what I care about. So what are your thoughts? Why do you think the media decided to walk away from covering the Louisville shooting in an age where that is like a core liberal focus point? The, the liberals are... If if I mean if I'm a betting man, they think that the that they are in the richest environment right now to actually implement a total gun ban in the United States. So why not this one? 
So it looks this. It came to light that people, of course, look into look into all these shooters' social media posts because a lot of this is public, and that's the first thing people go to because anymore the motive matters. It matters whether you can capitalize on the shooting, or it matters if it's something you want to to downplay. And this is true for everyone. It's like if the shooter was a Muslim. I would honestly be happier than if it was like a white guy that hated black people. Why? Because my enemies will use that to attack me versus I can use it to attack my enemies. And so essentially everybody flocked to this guy's social media page. Turns out Sorry, he's a raging quick. leftist that hated Donald Trump. Real quick. I just want to pause there. Yeah. Um, our audience probably had the most visceral reaction, um, possibly negative to what you just said. But it is the absolute truth because everyone yeah. does that. Yeah, there are there. I I, I mean, nothing against our audience, but mm -hmm. I know for a fact that that is something I'm going to hear about. I'm going to get messages about where people are going to be like, "Oh my god, like I can't believe you said that!" Like, come on, man! Like, we don't do this. Like, yes, you do. It's it's normal yeah. human nature. It's normal it, human it, nature for please God, don't let this be, don't let this be something that is going to come back to bite me. Yeah, we're so engaged anyway. in a cult. We're engaged in a cold civil war. Mm -hmm. that is rapidly getting hotter. And yep. I just I just wanted to point that out that like, mm -hmm. I mean, all you're doing is is speaking to true human nature. And I just know that people would have a bad reaction where they're like, Oh, God, like, you're not supposed to say that out loud. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and that and that is true. Because when you admit it, it makes you seem a little bit less moral. But mm -hmm. at the same time, we are engaged in a cold civil war that is going to determine the, f the future of our country. And if the enemy sh if the enemy puts tanks on the battlefield, I have to put tanks of, on my own, and I have to defend against that. And essentially, like we're in a fifth generational warfare fight, which is in the realm of, I guess you could say, uh, I mean, honestly, social media and psychological operations. So they are happy to abuse, abuse, and twist any event to suit their needs. And there's only, and the only response can be to basically adopt the similar tactics. Maybe you don't have to be as disingenuous, but you have to recognize how effective those tools are and not want to fall victim to them. No, the other, the other tactic, Alan, is be upset about it and tweet about how bullshit it is the entire time. That's true, but it is just a fact. If if the shooter like this one is a raging leftist that hated Donald Trump. That's good for our side. And so I should, and so if there's ever a mass shooting, I want it to be a deranged leftist. Mm -hmm. That, because that is good in my fight to try and save the country. And if there's ever a mass shooting and it turns out it's some, like, I don't know, crazy guy that hates Muslims and shoots up a mosque, that's bad for my side and bad for our, our goal of saving the country. And so I really don't want it to be that. Mm-hmm. And there's no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If there's like, if a bad thing happens and I can place the blame squarely on my enemies, that's victory for me. And if a bad thing happens and it is going to hurt my cause, that is bad for me. Mm -hmm. So that's totally, re totally reasonable. I don't want any mass shootings to happen. And I think this is where the difference is. I don't really, I don't want mass shootings to happen. I don't want bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think the left does a lot more so. I will admit yeah, well, that I'll I'll say this much: they yeah. need them to look at true. look at how yes. joyful they are. Oh, okay, 
Let me let me back up. That's a, a really bit. good point. They do Tell need me that it to they happen. They are not joyful when these things happen because then they get to use them for political pressure. Yes, because so tell the me difference, they're not excited. Right. The difference is they are the ones trying to institute revolutionary change. Mm-hmm. And so they need mass stressful events to justify that change. We're the ones simply saying, let's just not change things. Let's or let's just be all sane and normal and calm. And so if there were no mass shootings, would we have all this push for gun control? No. And that's what we want. If there yeah. were no, like, horrible riots, we, that would be great. Because then we could just, oh, we don't need all of the to institute these massive changes. If there were no police shootings of black people, great. Now we don't have to deal with Black Lives Matter constantly whining about, like, millions in reparations. I want things to stop happening, <laughs> which is, I think, the big difference between us and the left. We're advocating for... Let's just all be sane and normal. They're advocating for revolutionary change into some horrific new world order. And that's why I think people on the left have a lot more excitement, glee, and hope that there are horrific events that they can capitalize on. Whereas a lot of people on the right simply go, I really don't want any of these things to happen. But if they do, I hope it happens in a way that is helpful to my side. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so anyway, I'm sorry. Um, back back to the initial point. Why do you think the media stopped wanting to report on this? Because it became clear that the guy was a the guy had was a leftist who was repeat who hated Donald Trump. It's it's that simple. On a lot of his social media posts, it becomes clear he's a Democrat who hated Donald Trump. I don't really know what his motive for shooting up the bank was, and it kind of doesn't matter. But the fact that if this shooting got a bunch of immediate attention, people on the right could gain a victory by pointing out this guy's a crazed leftist, that's why the media made sure it went away. Now, he might have had a completely different reason why mm-hmm. he wanted to shoot at the bank. That is not related to his politics in the slightest. But the left knows how disingenuous they are with this sort of thing. And I think that they assume we're going to be as disingenuous as well, which anymore so, might even be the case. That was that's a really good point right there. Is because because this is insane. Like if you really think about it, like okay, so so uh, purportedly he was he was going to be getting he was going to get fired, and so okay. that was that was the predicate for him going in and shooting up the bank. He basically went and it's interesting when you, when we say this, um, he went postal. Um, which is a term that came from basically around the eighties and nineties because postal workers kept snapping and shooting people. But anyway, the point, yeah. the point is, um, he was getting fired. So none of this is politically derived most likely necessarily. Yeah. But, but, but at the same time, look at how the media reacted. Oh, we got to bury this one because they're going to find out they're going to look at his social media and see that he was ostensibly maybe a Democrat. Um, and maybe, you know, like hated Trump or whatever. And then he went and shot up the bank. Most conservatives aren't going to look at that and say it was totally because this guy was a liberal. That's absolutely why he went and shot these people. There's not a single person who would be taken seriously with that argument with a conservative audience. But the reason why the media reacted that way is because with a liberal audience, that's exactly what they would do. 
they would turn around and right. say, now, now, now let's all sit. Here's a five person panel of, of different, different ethnicities and genders who are now going to sit down and discuss how Donald Trump may have influenced this person to shoot up the bank. They would do that. And that's why it looks crazy is like, why would the media ignore this one? Oh, because by their tactics, techniques, and procedures and their playbook, they would look at his social media posts and start blaming Joe Biden. They would talk about how Joe Biden just murdered all those people in the bank. And so they have to cover it up. Uh Oh, Alan, did I lose you? Oh, I may have. <clears throat> but this is this is fundamentally the issue that we are not, not the issue, but this is something that we notice that I think is absolutely no uh, notable. Um, I'm going to take a quick second. I'm going to reset the browser because like everything kind of disappeared for a hot hot second. I just want to see if I can. But hopefully that wasn't too much of a hiccup in the audio to try to get the uh, connection back up and running and happy. Um, but that's the whole thing is the media seems to ignore certain events and you always have to ask yourself why, because the way that they sell it to us, the way that the media sells us all of this outrage is that go. they are just so concerned. Yeah. I don't know what happened. There was a hiccup. we lost like every listener. Oh, and this is actually a really good time for me to take a second. Um, uh, so we don't continue to beat this to death. Um, uh, we are going to be looking at different solutions because I've had a lot of listeners reach out and I know a lot of people are coming in and they're tuning in on Podbean. Um, a lot of listeners have explained to me that they are just having the biggest problems with its app, uh, with it disconnecting and with it doing other things. And this is um, completely unacceptable with how I want to run this show. The idea is that you're going to be listening to Wrong Think Radio, able to go do whatever it is you're doing and take the time. And, you know, hopefully you're doing something like fun, like your chores or whatever, and getting them out of the way while you're listening to us. And we help you kind of get through some sort of menial task. Well, if the app is constantly dropping and it's interfering and it's interrupting, um, that is completely unacceptable to how this show should run and the quality that I expect from something that we pay for. Now, with that being said, we are going to continue to stay on Podbean live for the time being, but we will start trying to test other solutions at the same time to find one that fits best. And the big recommendation that we got from a lot of listeners was to also post and live stream to Rumble. So the audio program will start live streaming to Rumble as well. Um, and so I know Rumble is a video sharing site, but a lot of people seem to really like it. They they think that it'll work really well. So we will do the uh, we will do the stream live on Rumble. You'll be able to hear it there. There will be a live chat that we will monitor there as well, and we will just see how much people enjoy that. And then we will start to make a decision based on your feedback and where we start to see most of the audience go. So we are going to start testing those solutions. The best way for you to know what we're going to be doing before we start announcing it here on this program is to join our Discord. And you can get onto our Discord by subscribing at subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio. And we'll be posting stuff throughout and doing some test streams and everything there. Um, so you guys can get used to it. But sorry about that because we just had a you know little tech hiccup here. It was a good predicate for me to explain to everybody that 
um, we are going to be looking at different solutions on being live. But for the time being, where you're tuning in now, totally fine. Also, there will be zero change if you are a person who um, just picks this up on Apple or Google or Spotify or any of those other platforms. It'll all stay there and be distributed as normal. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm. So that was the shooting. A shooting disappeared out of the news because um, the liberals obviously make everything political. And right. so they had to run away from this one. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, you know, lots of uh, obviously the big <coughs> maybe distraction, maybe not distraction is the leaks. Um, yes, the leaks, the leaks about Ukraine and, and a host of other national defense things. I will note this. It was at least a week, but I think like a week and a half, maybe even two weeks ago, you actually saw some of this and you sent me, you sent me a message and said, we should probably keep an eye on this. Yeah. And that was quite a while ago before it really started to kind of, because that was the whole thing. You, you even sent me something where I, I think it was two weeks ago that we, we saw it and it was, I think it was like a post from 4chan and it was like, let me tell you what's happening with these document leaks that the DOD is like talking about. And it was like some guy got pissed off on a game server and started leaking stuff. And that seems to be exactly what happened. But, <laughs> um, so here's the deal with this and, um, Here's what I'm not going to do, and I, I want to kind of I want to kind of give the audience uh, the sense of exactly how you should approach some of these things. First of all, any information about the leaker um, to me it doesn't matter, and let me explain what I mean by that. Um, first of all, obviously, Alan and I worked in intelligence. We understand the severity of the classification system. We understand the severity of information being compromised. Um, and you're never going, you're never going to hear me turn around and say, um, I think it's great that somebody took a bunch of classified information and posted it on a Minecraft discord server. Um, that's dumb. That was dumb. If, if he was concerned by it, the better way to do it would have been find a friendly media source right and and put it out there you know leaking it to a server this was not this was not whistleblowing this wasn't i was concerned it was something dumb at that same point this uh i don't even know how to say his name jack tahiera maybe i'm gonna say it that way that sounds fun um here's the deal though yep he was dumb great finished i've said it i've said he was dumb Awesome. Let's move on because every, all the hyper focus on who the person is, is a distraction away from what the information said. That is what is happening right now. The mainstream media, the United States government, the Biden regime, the deep state all Mm -hmm. wants you hyper focused on the person who leaked the documents, not the content of the documents. They did this exact same tactic and I have beaten my hand up against my desk about this. Remember the email leaks in 2016 when we found out how corrupt the Democrat Party was, how corrupt Hillary Clinton was, what was the thing that the media, the deep state and the Obama regime wanted us to focus on? Julian Assange, WikiLeaks. How did yeah. he, they, was it Russia? Did Russia hack the server? They were so focused 
on who, where the information came from because they didn't want you. And by the way, they're, they're doing the same media tactics again. They didn't want you looking at the information. And once again, I, I, I'm not joking at all. The media is saying you're not allowed to read these. But when reality... Is, but real quick, mm-hmm. which is weird because this information was already leaked. The only mm-hmm. reason you would protect this information is to prevent it from getting into the hands of America's adversaries, which is the only real danger. Correct. It's already leaked to foreign foreign intelligence services already got it. They were they were probably they have just like the United States does. There are people sitting there waiting for this kind of thing and to immediately sequester it away for analysis. So the enemy already knows every all of this. The only reason to keep hiding it is if you want to hide it from the American people. Essentially, the national defense reason for keeping it secret is gone. And so the only reason to keep it secret is to help your reelection chances of the government. Right. Well, and and so like, that's the thing is like, Russia already has it. China already has it. Everybody already has all this information. They've already pulled it. They don't want the American people to read it. They're saying, you, you, the American taxpayer, are not allowed to look at this. The, the media is saying that. And we saw this, remember, in 2016, it was a really popular thing with Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper was saying, now, now we can read this, but you, you can't. He said that live on air on CNN. Now we can look at this information, but you can't. Yeah. That like Jake Tapper was pretending like the like journalism somehow had some special access to be able to read uh, classified information that has been leaked and that the regular American was not allowed to. Well, of course, that's bullshit. Um, it's already leaked. It's done. It's burned. That's just that's how it works. Now, there are some there are some considerations. You're a member of the United States military. You're a member of the federal government. You currently hold a clearance like things like that are things you have to consider if you're going to trove around in certain parts of the Internet looking for leaked classified information. But this is a national news story. It is absolutely asinine to pretend like there's any hope of protecting this information any longer. It is done. It is burned. Right. They did the same thing with the DNC emails. They're doing it now. But, but when Reality Winner leaked out a uh, US Cybercom, which is US Cyber Command report, when she leaked out a US Cyber Command report that talked about Russia ta- uh, targeting local municipalities uh, to include potentially uh, being able to view voter registration systems, that she then took and leaked out to the intercept and and claimed uh, that it proved that Russia hacked the 2016 election, which then fed into the deranged nonsense of the Democrat Party claiming that Putin stole the 2016 election from Hillary Clinton. It was mm-hmm. posted all over the internet. You can still go look at it. It was they they literally had all they had it sitting on CNN and MSNBC. You could read the report, which was which was listed as TSSCI, Top Secret Secured Compartmentalized Information. But they were more than happy to post it because it hurt Donald Trump. (coughs) When Alexander Vindeman and Alex Chulpa, or whatever the name was, Chalupa, which I can't get out of my head, decided that they were going to bullshit and, and leak out the contents 
of a conversation between Donald Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky and claim claim that Donald Trump pressured Zelensky into uh, trying to find you know bad information or whatever on his political opponent or he would withhold military aid none of which was true none of which actually happened all of which was bullshit they were lauded as heroes in fact so much so that because alexander vindman who by the way was not liked by his immediate supervisor was considered untrustworthy and was considered uh meddling in the idea that he would try to get in the way of foreign policy at the time people like tammy duckworth the uh senator from illinois held up the promotion of over 2000 united states army officers to demand that Vindeman also get promoted. Yeah. He was a leaker. Why isn't he a traitor to America? Because he had the right friends. Yeah. And I don't think we need to harp too much on this to our audience, but it's glaring us in the face. Now, to be fair, I think I always hate it. I think it's stupid and I always hate it. These selective leaks. Now, to be fair, if if this Jack Tahiera or whatever his name is, if he leaked to the New York Times and it fit the liberal narrative, you would never find this person out. You would never know their identity. The New York Times would would go in front of uh, a court <coughs> and would yeah. um, refuse to divulge the person's name would refuse. They would stand hard on the second amendment. They would call it journalism. They would call it, you know, whatever, whatever, even actually, no, even if it was the same, if this was a person leaking information, damaging to the Trump campaign onto a discord server, the, the Democrats in Congress would call them a whistleblower. They would rank and file behind this person. They would protect their identity. They would, they would probably backdate a whistleblower complaint and give them millions of dollars and a bunch of uh, lawyers to protect them. And they would never, ever, ever let the Department of Justice or the FBI or anybody get their hands on them. They absolutely would do that if it was damaging to Donald Trump. Right. Of course. But here we are. Now, I'm not defending this kid. I think what he did was dumb. But at the same time, it wouldn't be the same if he was a leftist. It would not be the same at all. They wouldn't be calling him a traitor to America, which is nonsense. And the reason why I say that is he wasn't trying to sell this off to like the Russians or the Chinese. He was a dumbass. It doesn't make what he did any better, but it's not treason, you jackasses. Yeah, you, it's, it's mishandling no, it classified information. Treason. Sorry. Yeah, it's mishandling classified information. It's not treason. But it is treason to them because it hurts their cause. That's why it's treason. They're yes. saying it's treason because it. What, it, what does it prove? And this is what Alan's going to really dive into. What does it prove? The government has been lying to you. And to them, that's the treason. The American people learning the truth about the corruption of the Democrat Party, whether it's through the DNC email leaks or whether it's through what we saw here, consistently is called treason. So now we know how the left defines treason. To them, that is the treason. The treason is revealing to the American people the truth of their corruption. So to them, it is treason. It's not, But understand, when they say treason, it's not treason against the United States of America. It's treason against the deep state. It's treason against the liberal new world order. It's treason against the Democrat Party. 
Do yes. not mistake those things as being synonymous with the United States. So to, if you have those neocon friends that want to jump on the bandwagon of talking a whole hell of a lot about this Jack Tahira guy instead of talking about the information of corruption that was revealed, why don't you set them a little bit straight and tell them to quit taking their uh, cues from the liberal media who's trying to distract from the fact that we've been being lied to? <laughs> If you listen to this program, you haven't, but the American people have been being lied to about Ukraine this entire time. But now I'll give Alan the space to kind of dive into it with y'all. So that's a good a good introduction. So what is the contents of this leak? Well, the leak essentially, and again, it's hard because I haven't been able to find a really good source for the original information. A lot of what you're able to find is simply discussions by other people who have seen it. So like, People in the media wrote an, write this article. Someone else writes this article. It is difficult to find the original content. So with that caveat aside, what have I sort of gleaned after sort of scouring through all these different sources of what these leaks contain? Well, a lot of this seems to be based on signal intelligence sources, which is basically wiretapping different people. It seems like that is where the original information for a lot of this came from, but it also includes things like imagery. It also includes uh, potentially human sources. So it's a lot of different sources in this weird scattershot kind of schizophrenic dump of what looks like to be photographs of documents, possibly taken by a cell phone. So it's it's how this leak happened is a major source of concern for me because how did someone get a phone into an area where this information is or how do they remove this information it's not supposed to happen for these top secret secure compartmentalized facilities should have things in place to prevent exactly this but somehow this happens so it's at the very at minimum it's a major security breach at some u.s facility but what was the, what was contained so there's a lot of stuff that's there's not very much in detail in any of the allegations here because it's simply this sort of scattershot picture of documents seemingly just to prove I know what I'm talking about because I have all I have access to all this info. But here's some of the things that be, that you can glean from looking at this leak. Basically the US is spying on everybody. Again, nobody was really surprised, but as part of this it's the US has is wiretapping sources in Israel. And essentially, it seems pretty clear the Mossad was backing those latest protests against the Israeli government when they were trying to change some judiciary rules. That's interesting. South Korea, turns out, is quietly selling ammunition to Ukraine while saying that they kind of weren't. Egypt is selling ammunition to Russia uh, when they were saying they weren't. Serbia is selling ammunition to Russia, even though, or selling ammunition to Ukraine, even though they're trying to stay friendly with Russia. Interesting. Um, so, but some of the bigger things, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like little allegations where you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like there's, but it's, again, there's not that much detail. Some of the things that are more interesting that I think are salient to talk about are, uh, a, an analysis that was a part of this leaks leaked an analysis in these leaks that Russia is able to consistently jam American made uh, JDAM smart munitions in Ukraine. The JDAM smart munitions, it's like, is, um, 
Joint Direct Attack Munition essentially is a, a clamp-on kit you can put on a dumb bomb that basically makes a GPS-guided bomb. These were very popular. They're actually a pretty great idea because it's a really cheap way to get smart weapons on the battlefield. The U.S. has used them a bunch in Iraq and Afghanistan and is now selling to the Ukrainians. The Russians are able to jam the GPS receivers, apparently, on the weapons, and they have a drastically re reduced accuracy potential to what U.S. advisors expected. And that was what was really released, is these weapons in being used in Ukraine, which were so effective in Iraq and Afghanistan, suddenly have drastically limited accuracy because Russia is able to jam the GPS receivers. Is that really surprising? Not really, but it is interesting to see confirmation. That also, to me, proves that these leaks didn't come from Russia. Because if the Russian government was behind these leaks, which is what we'll get to, that's the allegation now, if, the, if these leaks were part of a Russian disinformation campaign, the Russians would not include information like that because the Russians wouldn't want to advertise the fact that their electronic warfare capabilities are capable of negatively impacting American munitions. They would want to keep that a secret so the Americans didn't realize that their weapons were no longer as effective. So it's little little bits like that that you can glean a lot from. Additionally, uh, this report details there's at least 100 NATO Special Forces members active in Ukraine. Now, what they're doing, that's not really that surprising. A lot of them seem to be tasked with VIP protection and such. But it does prove that there are NATO and American and British troops on the ground in Ukraine, which is not something that any of us voted on. And it's not something Congress hasn't declared war. And it does seem like that needs to be discussed of, well, we have U.S. troops in Ukraine that are flag-wearing U.S. troops. Uh, that's part of the debate. I get to say that that's probably a bad idea because it's a deliberately provoking of confrontation with a nuclear power for pretty much no dubious gain. Again, there's not much more information than that, but it is proof that there are U.S. troops on the ground in Ukraine. Another Big leak, part of this leaks, that is, to me, one of the more interesting ones, is it shared an analysis by the U.S. observers that Ukraine is basically has almost completely depleted its air defense missile stockpile. So a lot of 85% of Ukrainian air defense systems that are intercepting Russian jets and most notably shooting down Russian cruise missiles, which has actually become a major focus of air defense activities in Ukraine on both sides, is shooting down cruise missiles from the other side, which is actually, if you're following military circles, that's a kind of fascinating development, how important, especially short range air defense has become in this conflict to shoot down missiles more so than shooting down planes. But regardless, the 85% of the Ukrainian air defense network is uh, essentially Soviet-era, Soviet-Russian, Soviet systems. Their stockpiles of those missiles are all but spent. And I think it's alleged in these documents, by the end of April, they will have the 85% of their air defense capability will be compromised from lack of missiles. So that's that, that means you can tell things about it. They don't have the industrial base to keep providing themselves the missiles they need to keep waging this war. And Russia absolutely does. And so any discussion of how is Ukraine doing in the conflict has to take into account, like, Russia is able to refill their ammunition stockpiles in a way Ukraine never will be able to. And in a way, 
that the West cannot refill Ukraine for them. I mean, how long would it take to set up a factory to make Soviet-era compatible missiles for Ukraine? We already, it's already by, um, I think it's Raytheon, basically said we need like five years to set up, to rebuild the production line to create Stinger missiles because we shut down the production line when the U.S. Army filled up its stockpile. Now we've shipped tons of Stinger anti-aircraft missiles to Ukraine, and Raytheon now says we don't have the manufacturing capability to both supply Ukraine and to, to refill U.S. stockpiles. We need about five years to set up a full factory to do this again. The West deindustrialized after the Cold War ended, and now the West does not have the capability to fully supply a modern peer-level military force. So if we got in a fight with Russia, do we have enough ammunition stockpiles? Maybe we have, maybe, but do we have enough manufacturing capability? Clearly not. So that's interesting. Then, let's see, there's, there's another one that it was a defense intelligence, it was a, a copy of a defense intelligence agency analysis that essentially said that the United States Defense Intelligence Agency has low confidence Ukraine will gain back any territory in their big upcoming counteroffensive, which a bunch of military circles in the media have been so excited about. The U.S. State Department so ex is really excited about it. All these NATO allies are super excited about their upcoming counteroffensive. The reality is no one believes Ukraine is going to actually make any significant gains because they just cannot project enough power to truly take back areas from Russia. They seem like they are able to stall Russian advances, but no one in the know, in the NATO, has any real confidence of Ukraine actually taking back any territory. And that's another big thing from these leaks that strikes me as important because that is not what the information we are getting from the people that are trying, that should be informing us about the Ukraine. Well, and there's there's some additional stuff that we have to pepper into that, which was <clears throat> the biggest thing that it would appear mm -hmm. the uh, government is the most concerned about people hearing about to where they want to muddy the water on is the casualty numbers that yes. came from these leaks. Yes, this is the biggest. This to me is the one part of the leak that I find the most interesting. So initially, the when these leaks were first. When, when all this first leaked, one of the biggest parts of the leaks that got a lot of traction that people started talking about was it, these leaks seemed to show analysis and of casualty figures of the conflict that were wildly disproportionate from what the media seems to be alleging. Somewhere to the effect of Ukraine has had something along, it, it was in these leaks, Supposedly, Ukraine has had 70,000 casualties in this conflict, whereas the Russian casualties are between 12 and 14,000. It's almost a one to seven ratio of casualties, which mm. seems to align with all the other analysis that I see from on ground in Ukraine. The, the Ukrainians themselves, in, and this is in open media sources, will have continually said Russia has a massive advantage in artillery. Well, artillery are hugely casualty-causing weapons, and of course Russia, it, it doesn't make any sense that Russia is just losing hundreds of thousands of troops. That doesn't make sense. Right. To anyone with any brain, that doesn't make sense. And this is confirmation of that what basically we've been looking at this whole time, 
if you ignore the mainstream media is, well, it only seems natural that Ukraine must be losing more troops than the Russians. The Ukrainians have been scraping the bottom of the barrel, mass conscripting people, whereas the Russians have not even mobilized the entire Russian military. Anyway, yeah, this that was, was a sorry, big... Sorry, real quick. Yeah, this, this, this was a huge point that we kept making, and we were accused of being Putin puppets and liars and conspiracy theorists because what was the media telling everybody? Oh, no, like, oh, man, like we, we had, like, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and DOD personnel, mm-hmm. John Kirby, um, as well as uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre and and Joe Biden and all of, all of these people to include senators and, and representatives talking about how we were just kicking the shit out of like Ukraine was just kicking the shit out of Russia. Oh my God. It was so embarrassing. You know, Putin, Putin is like losing his mind, like behind closed doors. Putin is just freaking out because he is just getting, getting his ass kicked by the Ukrainians and no one would have expected it, but it's like, it's like a movie on Netflix, how the plucky resistance is just killing it. And the one thing that we tried to do months and months ago, if you listened to this program, I explained trying to find casualty numbers and no yeah. one wanted to tell you the casualty numbers on the Ukrainian side. It was one of the best kept secrets of this war. And just from basic analysis and not being an emotional child and being normal, actual intelligence analysts, we looked at this and said, this is an impossibility. By the numbers, there's zero way Ukraine is getting the upper hand on Russia. By the numbers, it's impossible. Yeah. The only way that it would have been possible is this war would have been over six months ago. Yeah. That's it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. No, no, that's totally fine. So here is an interesting... Uh, the the timeline of this is interesting to me. So on April 7th, NBC News reported that these leaks contained the following information, that the number of Russian troops killed in action was put at 16,000 compared to an alleged 71,000 Ukrainian soldiers killed. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, our Army General Mark Miley, said in November that it was a roughly 100,000 Russian troops had been killed or wounded. So NBC, when these leaks first came out, NBC reports that, wow, it looked like these leaks claim 16,000 Russian casualties to 70,000 Ukrainian casualties, which is in line with at least my estimations. Mm-hmm. Then on the April 14th, uh, this is by the uh, insider, Business Insider, ran this article where Basically, Tucker Carlson then shared that information on Fox News. And suddenly, uh, Tucker Carlson shared made-up casualty figures. uh, It's all Russian disinformation. Essentially, then, it seems like initially it was reported in these leaks that the casualty figures is 1 to 7. You know, 16,000 Russian casualties to 70,000 Ukrainian casualties. Now... It suddenly is, uh, there's a bunch of articles and media talking about how actually it's Russian disinformation because there's different, it it appears that the information that leaks was altered. And it all reports that in one version of these documents that we looked at, the figure is 16,000 Russian casualties to 70,000 Ukrainian casualties. But in this other example of the same document, it appears the numbers were, have been altered. 
And that one shows it as 223,000 Russian casualties. Or, no, pardon me. It shows it as Russia suffering 43,000 casualties and Ukraine only suffering 17,000. But the question is that I was asking, well, well, which document came first? Which version was the original? And no media sources said that other than saying, uh, actually, it looks like this one's doctored. Because in one, it says Russia's losing fewer troops. But in this other one, it says Russia's losing a lot more. So because it's doctored, we don't know. And probably uh, the Russian disinformation is saying they, they're losing less troops. But nobody is, has been telling, no, nowhere can I find which version came first. However, if I look at the, the timeline on how articles were written, the first articles by any news source discussing these leaks discuss the 70,000 Ukrainian casualties figure. And only later articles, especially ones after Tucker Carlson covered it on his show, discuss that it is actually altered and that the Russian casualties are actually probably way higher. The original one said the Russians were higher and everything else is Russian disinformation. Whereas, again, it is interesting that the first articles written by places like NBC News quote the 17,000 Russian casualties compared to 70,000 Ukrainian casualties. Additionally, in the last, in the week after, so again, initial articles I'm seeing around April 7th. Articles last week, have totally flipped the script are now saying, oh, well, actually, they, they all of these leaks show that Russia is losing tons of troops. This is, again, from Business Insider. Russia has suffered a 95% casualty ratio among its Spetsnaz commando units. And then you look at the article and it says, in the satellite imagery of a Russian base, it shows a bunch of vehicles in one, and then a picture away later shows almost no vehicles. And that's what the in, then that's what they're using to prove, as quote proof that Spetsnaz units are suffering ninety five percent casualties. It's it certainly feels like that when you look at this, and look at the timelines involved and the actual evidence cited, it looks like the uh, these leaks showed Ukraine was suffering losses exactly in line with what myself and other analysts have been projecting, as in Ukraine has suffered dramatically outsized casualties compared with Russia, based on all the other in all the other information we've seen, this leak supports that. And then suddenly all of these the media network come media brigade comes in and starts trying to push the opposite narrative saying that it's Russian disinformation. And that was what first made me suspicious because every other time someone says Russian disinformation, it turns out that it's actually true. Mm -hmm. I remember when the, in the run up to this war, they, the media was saying, well, you know, if there's attacks on by, you know, Russians on Ukrainians, it's, it's Russian, it's Russian disinformation. We have Russian people behind the lines. And then you turn, it turns out that that was completely a lie. And then when they got caught in that lie, they said, actually, that was Russian disinformation that was trying to trick us into, into believing these things that weren't true. So and wait, sorry, that's what sorry, makes what me was, suspicious of all this. So, But here's the part that is interesting to me. Uh, just one last, last thought. Okay. is The part that's interesting is of all the things in these leaks that are alleged, like things that, are, that burn U.S. intelligence sources, that 
talk about China and Israel and foreign policy and we're wiretapping all these other places. We're wiretapping the Zelensky regime, it mm -hmm. turns out in these leaks. None of that's surprising. But the th one thing where the media seems to have be rallying the wagons to protect along with the U.S. State Department and Pentagon is the casualty numbers for Ukraine. Right. The fact that that's the one thing that the regime is picking out to call Russian disinformation and protect so heavily, it's if you're taking flack, you're over target. Now, there is something about this where the Pentagon has is basically in these leaks alleged that is so, very heavily involved with the Ukrainian military to the point where they are advising, they are building the Ukrainian military. The Pentagon has a huge hand in building and running the Ukrainian military mm -hmm. through all this advisors. It does not seem crazy to me that a bunch of generals have hitched their career onto the war in Ukraine because it seemed cool. And if it becomes common knowledge that the Ukrainian army under their leader, under essentially their leadership and advisement has suffered dramatic casualties against the Russians, it could destroy the career of a bunch of generals. And I can see how a bunch of generals and a bunch of people in the State Department, all of whom have been in on this, if it becomes common knowledge that they have actually been just getting tons of Ukrainians killed to Russia, who they say is a failed second-rate military power, blah, it would be extremely embarrassing. And there is all the reason to think that those people to protect their careers and legacies would absolutely try and suppress the information that they're doing a terrible job running this war. Mm -hmm. it, yes. So like, and, and that's primarily it, right? Is so the, the biggest thing is in a lot of ways, like we look at this and all of the sudden, well, so when when the leaks initially started getting more and more media traction there were three I, I i can't remember which news agency it was but i believe it was uh abc that claimed three um uh three sources from inside the intelligence community who you know need anonymity you know because they're not supposed to be talking about it but three intelligence sources you're supposed to believe because the news said so um said that these leaks were probably russia and then yeah. So, by the way, they're claiming that three intelligence sources from within the intelligence community told them, the journalists writing this, that they had evidence to believe that Russia was who leaked this information. And then a week later, we find out that it was some 21-year-old kid in the Air National Guard yeah. on a Discord server, like on a Discord Minecraft server. So... Okay, you were lied to. Yeah. So wait, the Russians, it's like, did the Russians plant false information in the U.S. intel, in this top secret facility that this guy then leaked? Mm -hmm. Or how does this make sense? Is And I, I'm sure what the media will tell us is, well, look, this Texera guy is actually a Russian agent and he was sent all of these doctored in photos of US intelligence reports by the Russians or it doesn't make sense. There's no way the Russians could be in control of this leak because it comes from within the US intelligence community. Right. The um, only way it would make sense is if this guy is a hardcore Russian like GRU agent 
and is doctoring all of this so he can leak it. But that is a very big claim that I don't think is buoyed up by any evidence. So I'm um, sorry, I have a weird pop up on my screen here and I'm going to click it. So it's entirely possible that this might crap out and then we'll have to reinitiate the live stream. Just to warn everybody, I'm going to click the button, but I don't know what's going to happen. Click don't click the button. I have to click the button. I have to. Don't. I don't have a choice. Gonna, you don't want to click it. The last time when I didn't click it, it still just ended everything. So I don't this know. This is how they do. get you. I know. Okay. It's probably malware. It's probably the, it's the Russians. It's the Russians? And we're back. This is so incredibly dumb and not shocking at all in the situation where this is part of the reason why we are looking at um, diving off and kind of changing some of our solutions because something's obviously broken down over at Podbean, but that's, you know, like they, they need to fix it. It gives me a warning that I have an hour left because normally they, they only allow the um, one hour streaming huh. or two hours right so they only allow two hour streaming and it gives me a warning after like an hour that hey you have an hour left to stream and i go okay and it goes so you want to shut down right no why would mm -hmm. i want to so anyway that was part of the reason why we want to change out but thanks everybody for coming back in uh if you're listening live and sorry everybody for the sudden um interruption but hey <clears throat> we'll keep going one of the crazy parts to me is well, okay, so we know that they're they're very nervous about the casualty numbers, and I think that there is a second um, a second thing that the the deep state's very concerned about. They really want what they want to do is muddy the water. They don't want anyone to agree on the Ukrainian casualty numbers, so they're going to throw out the whole idea of Russian disinformation. It is one hundred percent going to be. We're going to sit there, you know, like uh, we on the right uh, people who disagree with the Ukraine war are going to say things like, dude, it's a seven to one casualty rate. We are spending billions of dollars. This is insane. There's no road to victory here. This needs to stop. And now all the leftists are going to scream, that's not true. It was Russian disinformation. You're believing Russia, which makes you a, like an ally of Putin and like all this other dumb, dumbassery. And that's the entire point. It's not about getting the true numbers. You're never going to know the true numbers and those numbers are probably true. They just want to be able to scream and screech because what they don't want you to know is this is a losing war and it was known to be a losing war the entire goddamn time. Winning the war was not the point. Yeah. So because what they don't want us to ask is what is the point? Right. Or demand that we succeed. It's It reminds me a lot of Iraq and Afghanistan where they hid all the information about the fact that the wars were not being successful from the American people because for, for whatever reason, and I can almost only assume it was because even if they, if they believed what they were saying, and if they were genuine with the need to wage these conflicts, then this inf the information about say Iraq and Afghanistan, people would have rightly demanded or if they were confident that people supported the conflicts, they would have said, well, we demand success. We demand a victory. We demand you fire generals or change things up or change the budgets, or we demand success. We will vote for people that demand success, that will change the course of these conflicts. And that always struck me as very odd about the war on terror, is the fact that they were hiding the failures in Iraq and Afghanistan, which 
if they had any faith in the American people or faith in their own message or faith in their ability to, to sell the need for these conflicts, they should have been more transparent so that the American people would then demand success and they would actually get a victory. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what started me wondering, started me kind of questioning. It's like, well, is a quote victory in any of these things actually the point? And I think Iraq and Afghanistan, especially later in the game, maybe after 2008 for sure, I think they became a lot more about how much money can we wring out of these things? How much money can we essentially launder out of the taxpayer funds into the coffers of defense companies who then donate it back to our political campaigns? That became a bigger focus than actually success on the ground. And I think the same thing is probably happening in Ukraine. There is something, it's, yeah, it'd be great to, you know, have Ukraine win, but honestly, you know, it's really much better to be getting millions of dollars to Raytheon. Or uh, one, one thing that was in these leaks is it is kind of supported the idea that Zelensky and all of his generals are basically skimming millions of dollars off the top of this whole conflict. The whole thing seems like this weird, essentially fleecing of taxpayers through arms sales and all this other nonsense. And it's totally reasonable to think that that has become more of a focus than achieving any sort of real victory. Because really, Ukraine's not going to win against Russia. That doesn't make any sense. The best Ukraine can hope for is a settlement, a peace agreement with Russia that gives Russia whatever some concessions in return for the best deal for Ukraine. If the United States was responsible, we would be pushing the Ukrainians to find some sort of peace deal. Instead, we decided that this is a great attempt to bleed the Russian army and test. And it's a giant weapons test. We're testing all of these weapons capabilities against a peer, peer adversary in the name of freedom for Ukraine. But the reality is, is mostly seeing, like, well, how good does a javelin actually work against that? You know, what? give them some of these uh, these things. We'll see how well those work against Russian tanks. Have some special forces guys go over there and test this this system or test this communication system against Russian jamming. And all of that is very unseemly. Because we're told this is about democracy, freedom. It's all the same nonsense they tricked us with with Iraq and Afghanistan. And they're now doing the same thing in Ukraine. And it is completely, it is not at all, it's clear that this conflict in Ukraine is being sold very disingenuously with a bunch of nice sounding rhetoric. But in reality is a very cynical, either it's a cynical way to bleed Russia at best. And at worst, it's a giant corrupt slush fund money grab between politicians and defense contractors, all of which is all of which is costing the blood of Ukrainian men and and Russians. We're basically like we are aiding and abetting all of this horror horror. So that what politicians can get a bunch of money and kickbacks from Raytheon. It's pretty disgusting. So. <clears throat> So what's your, um, I, I guess, what, what are your, what do you think is going to happen now? Because I suspect, and I'm already seeing some movement, um, that this is going to somehow just result in uh, Biden and the deep state being able to um, basically just, like, how how is the corruption of the U.S. government being revealed, the fact that they've been lying to us this entire time, going to be turned around and take my rights away? Yeah, that's see, that's a that's a big it, concern. It's going to happen. 
Um, I know that there's been talk about uh, 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 this renewing efforts for an act that the Democrats have been wanting to pass that would basically ex uh, expand the ability for the United States government to monitor people's internet activity. Yeah. So how amazing is that? The government lies to you. Those lies are then revealed, and then the government decides that it's going to punish you and take your rights away so its lies can't be revealed. Like, yeah. look, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sitting there de declaring the heroism of a kid leaking stuff out on a Minecraft server. But the point of it is, is the government lied. That's the story. Yeah. And that's the part that the liberals want to try to get away from every single time. That's the story. The story is, is that the government's been lying to you. But if you talk to the left, they're going to pretend like, no, 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 the story is this Air Force kid. Yeah. No, it's not. It's that you lied. And the even bigger part, I think, to the story is the New York Times patting itself on the back for assisting the United States government in hunting this kid down. To According me, that's to a big part of the story, too, it, yeah. which makes this all the more weird and unseemly. According to the New York Times, they were the ones that found out this kid's identity and then turned him into the government. Which, by the way, wow. if you uh, call, call me suspicious and call me uh, conspiratorial, but um, we were able to get news footage of this kid getting rolled up, which means, which means that somebody involved in the military was able to tip off the news and tell right. them that they were going to go roll this kid up. And they brought a fully up armored MRAP and a and SWAT a full team kit, like a full kitted out team to go roll this kid up. Like, dude, what the hell are you doing? It was all theater. The, so the New York times claims that they're the reason the government was able to figure out who this kid was. And then they theatrical theatrically, rolled him up with a full SWAT team for zero freaking reason. There's like no logical reason why they did literally his first line supervisor and an MP could have knocked on his door and said, you need to come with us. And that probably yeah. would, it, it would have been fine, but yeah. they send in a whole SWAT team. Why to put on television? Like it's part, like it's part of a, like it's part of a freaking movie. It's so dumb and so over the top that, uh, you have every right to be conspiratorial and think that something weird is happening here. Yes. I, it seems very strange. It's very mm -hmm. strange. Like the fact that the news was so heavily involved in this tells you that the regime is involved in it. Well, I'm, someone sorry. got orders from on high that like, hey, you have to take this kid out and we we need to make this kid look like the face of Russian disinformation so mm -hmm. that we can distract from these leaks or use these leaks as a pretext for why the Ukraine invade, why the Ukraine war isn't going according to plan. Regardless of how you feel about this kid and leaks and all of that, which like I said, it's understandable if people are like, I think that this is terrible and the kid should be punished. That's a fully completely understandable position to have. But mm -hmm. regardless how you feel about that, the New York Times should never, ever be taken as a credible, independent news outlet. They worked hand in glove 
with the United States government to hunt a person down. Why, like, why would a newspaper do that? Exactly. Like a newspaper you'd think would be, these are the same people that talk all about all of their concern for protecting their sources. Mm -hmm. And they just threw that right out the window when it turns out they could you they could just curry favor with the U.S. government. But well, yeah, like I mean, uh, that's the whole thing. Like the, the New York Times regularly publishes leaks. Yeah, they have no problem publishing leaks most of the time, but this time it was suddenly different, and that's very suspicious. And I get to be suspicious of that. Yeah, it's only different because it hurts Joe Biden, because it hurts the Ukraine narrative, because it hurts what the deep state wants. Yeah, and this proves it. This, like, I'm not suggesting that they, I'm not suggesting that the New York Times necessarily needed to turn around and call this kid a hero, but they could have just stayed out of it. Well, the government's investigating. And once the government catches this kid, we will report on it. No, 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 no. They came running out and we're like, we're going to help. We need to help the government. We need to help the government catch this guy. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like it. And yep, I mean, I, I think uh, it makes everything just that much more suspicious. Yeah. And I don't trust it. I think it's bullshit. I think that something smells. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if this kid is the real story. I've seen people, I've seen people suggest that this is nonsense and not true. And he's just a fall guy. I'm not saying that that's the case saying it's a legitimate thought to have. Yeah. Because the story is almost too convenient. But I can see it happening. I will say this much. Is it entirely possible that some network administrator was able to print off classified documents, bring them home, take pictures of them, and post them on a Discord server? Yeah, 100%. That's 100% possible. The government's just not that good. They don't care anymore. The United States government, especially in the intelligence community is more obsessive with being activists and kissing the ass of Joe Biden than they are about actually doing good intelligence anymore. It's all yep. about sucking Joe Biden off. Uh, right. Well, and I would say more than that, it's about protecting the whole liberal narrative. Yeah. I mean, and it's everything it's, I, I think the powers that be are increasingly paranoid that they that it's like they know that we know that they're full of shit. And I think that's why they are increasingly paranoid about clamping down on the free flow of information through the big like online Patriot Act that they're trying to pass right now, which would make looking at any source the, you know, on the Internet, the United States government deems a foreign actor essentially illegal. So mm-hmm. and. You're like, well, wait, whoa. I'm sorry. I I thought that I could look at any information. It's like, nope, nope, nope. Only information the U.S. government approves for you. Yeah. That's what they're trying to push through right now because they're so paranoid that their malfeasance is going to be exposed. And again, what's funny to me is it's not like they're even trying to stop the corruption within the corruption that they're aiding and abetting. You think if they really cared, they'd be like, okay, guys, well, we can't be like, terrible and corrupt anymore it's like well but what if we were and then we just (laughs) silenced anybody that said anything yeah 
Well, and, and to make it to make it even worse is, you know, of course, a lot of this is occurring heading into an election season. That's also true. 2024 is next year. We're going to be heading into a general election. And oh, my gosh, would you would you look at that? Uh, the finally, we're going to have a quote, Russia trying to affect something domestically. Oh, imagine that. Um, but number two, oh, the government's just going to have to get involved in what kind of information is, you know, just to, to protect uh, from Russia, you know, di Russian disinformation. Um, you know what? The United States government uh, now owns Twitter. Yeah, we have to out of for a national security concern. Yeah. You know, we now own Twitter and we monitor Facebook. We monitor Discord. Um, yep, yep, yep. Um, in fact, for your safety and to ensure that you're not being um, subject to Russian disinformation, the government's just going to, um, you know, analyze your phone. Yeah. For your safety. How many liberals that were against the Patriot Act would have feel no care or concern if they were told all of these information sources, all social media has to be clamped down on by the government to stop Russian disinformation. I mean, the media would report it very positively, and most liberals would go, well, on NPR, they said this was good to help against Russian disinformation. That's how we got Trump, and that's how bad things happen. So I'm, it's fine. Yeah, well, and it... it <laughs> Um, the only thing that would surprise me is, yeah, they would use Russian disinformation, but they get away with it by saying it would protect against COVID. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, to keep COVID from spreading, the NSA needs to be able to uh, take in your um, your your social media posts. <laughs> I mean, they remember when they kind of tried that over COVID, though. Whereas like the government needs to be involved in like tracking all of your information because it, you, so you could be spreading COVID. Remember when they did tried contact tracing? Whereas like, oh yeah, like we need government, like there are liberals. There are all these news sites that were talking about how we need these government programs to track the movement of individuals because of concerns about COVID. And the liberals didn't care. They're like, well, I mean, if it's for COVID, that sounds like a you know positive thing. Right. So um it it is it is fascinating. Um like like there's there's that. So so I do think that they're going to try to clamp down on social media. I think the biggest aspect of it is that they're going to try to get rid of enmity on social media. This is one of the biggest sure. things that has always pissed the, the left off is what they what they want is your government ID linked to your social media account. So when you post something they don't like, they know how to ruin your life. They know where you live. Yeah. They know your got like all the numbers attached to the government. They mm -hmm. know where you work. They know your social security number so they can they can absolutely destroy you. And, and exactly, and, yeah. Honestly, it's it, they they don't want they people do. to be anonymous because mm -hmm. and because there currently are, and it's not even a question of if it's there currently are risks associated with being a dissident. If you, I mean, like heck, us doing this show, if some leftist really took objection to what we said, mm -hmm. they could probably run a smear campaign that could get us fired from our jobs if they did it effectively. Right, and they exactly. want that. They, they want the power to do that to anyone, anywhere, whenever they feel threatened. 
I mean, it's, it's the same reasons like the USSR. You didn't, in the Soviet Union, you didn't publicly criticize government because the government would send people after you and your neighbors would turn you in. That's why you had to, that's why there was a thriving, um, it was called Samizdat. And basically it was anonymous newsletters and stuff that were created and done in secret because it had to be done in secret. Anonymity online is currently the way to propose things secretly. The founding fathers of the United States published anti-British pamphlets in secret because they had to. I mean, and in the United States currently, you have to be relatively secretive. If you are a high profile person, you can't openly declare your politics without running the risk of someone trying to come after you and destroy your life. Right. And so, um, yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's heading into an election. How, how absolutely convenient heading into an election, how absolutely convenient, especially yeah. after this president, especially after this steaming pile of dog shit of a president, they're going to need to completely regulate and take, this was the thing. The reason why the left is infuriated about social media is because it broke down their information control. Social media and the internet is 100% the reason why Donald Trump won. Because the left didn't have total dominant control over the media. Yeah. So they need to have total and dominant control over the media. And they are going to do it with a smile on their face. Like... The stuff that in the 1990s, in the early 2000s, that people would like joke about with the with dystopia, 1984, and all this other nonsense, it is going to come true. And the strangest thing is the liberals are going to champion it. The yeah. opposite of what you were told in every movie, in every television show, it was always going to be the conservatives. It was always going to be the people who liked Ronald Reagan that were going to oppress you. It was always going to be that way. It was liberals the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just, it, it infuriates me. Uh, it, it's just, I can't, I know, I know they're going to pull out all the stops for this dementia riddled idiot. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not like, look, I I'm very optimistic about the future of the United States, but I am not optimistic about the next 12 months in the United States. Yeah. It's going to be weird. And it makes me angry. But anyway, moving on from that nonsense, uh, and we'll continue to monitor it and see how the government's going to try to completely F us. Uh, and they will, uh, because their lies and corruption have been revealed. And like I said, the biggest lesson I want to push here is that is the story. That is the story. The story is that the government lied to you. Oh, I'm sorry. There is something else I wanted to get to. I'm so sorry. The Ukrainian SBU, one of the things that we did oh, learn yeah. from these leaks is that the Ukrainian SBU um, had, did pull out, did pull off an attack um, in, uh, um, oh, shoot. Which one? There's one in Moscow, one Belarus. in St. Petersburg. Well, hold on. They, they did pull off an attack in Belarus. Oh, yeah. That uh, the media and advisors and all of these probably NGOs claimed, oh, it was actually done by... Uh, Russia or by Ukrainian sympathetic, uh, like dissidents in Belarus. It wasn't, it was done by the Ukrainian security state known as the SBU. Additionally, Ukraine was responsible 
for an explosion in Sochi, Russia, within Russian's mainland. Yeah. Now, people on the internet or whatever can all have an opinion and say, well, that's totally fine because Russia's attacking Ukraine and blah, 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 blah. It's okay if the Ukrainian military um, attacks targets within Russia, blah, blah. Okay, sure, I get it. That's not how the law of war works, and it's not the it's not the terms of warfare that the United States agreed on internationally. Right. The United States agreed internationally on a rule, set of rules within warfare through the United Nations and through NATO that said that it is not okay to attack civilian targets. They whine, bitch, piss, and moan every time and claim that Russia is always hitting civilian targets. It was It's a constant complaint that you hear, and it's a constant droll of how Russia is a bunch of war criminals because they attack civilian non-military targets, blah, blah, blah. That's because the United States has said, you can't do that. So... When the Ukraine is blowing up stuff in Sochi, which is not a military target at all, they're violating those rules. And guess what, guys? You're supposed to be just as angry about it. But you're not. Right. It, it, this is one of these things about the war in Ukraine that it's always bothered me is that it exposes this kind of double standard that I thought <laughs> liberals would at least give some pushback on. But it's, yeah, like we shouldn't no, be sacrificing like, well, our entire credibility for a freaking corrupt oligarchy yeah. in Eastern Europe. And it's like, if we have an honest conversation, you're like, well, they got invaded by Russia, that any means of warfare to fight back is acceptable. And I would say, well, I might not even disagree that terrorist bombings against civilian targets are acceptable in war because it's an all or nothing conflict. That's certainly a conversation we have that's not necessarily even that clear cut. But at the same time, it's the double standard of it that it's the ignorance of the double standard of it, which is so frustrating. Because you go, I should be able to, to say this and say, like, how can liberals, I mean, we know how, but it's they'll criticize Russia. Like, Russia so evil, awful, and bad. Ukraine is conducting assassinations of Russians inside Ukraine, inside Russia. They're like, well, you know, that's totally justified. It's like, okay, the Russians like, but the Russians like firing a missile at a SAM site at kills accidentally, you know, kill civilians because the SAM site was put on top of an apartment block. That's, you know, that's beyond the pale of horror of war. I was like, I don't know. It's just, it's disingenuous and very, and that makes it very annoying. But the, well, and the other thing that I think makes the um, left extremely nervous in the Biden administration and all of this is if we're seeing reports that the Ukrainian SBU was behind uh, violence that occurred in Belarus and that they've also pulled off operations in uh, like Sochi, Russia and things like that. Well, okay, let's just be honest. Russia has claimed that the Ukrainian SBU was behind the assassination of a political philosopher's daughter. Mm -hmm. And also uh, recently, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a Russian war journalist who was handed a statue that turned out to be a bomb that exploded and killed him. At a cafe in St. Petersburg. Yeah. And... And the woman... The what? woman who was arrested by Russian authorities said that she was she was contacted by someone 
who was a source of the Ukrainian SBU. And the entire media went, well, Russia probably told her she had to say that. She probably had a gun in her face. Yeah. Or the Ukrainian SBU is funding terrorist operations against non-military targets. A, a Russian war journalist and the daughter of a political philosopher. Yeah. These are not, you know, Russian generals or even politicians. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I think that that's the other big fear is that it is going to become undeniable by the United States that they are supporting a country that is willfully pulling off terrorist attacks within Russia, which by the way, to understand right now, I know a lot of people are going to sit there and say, well, I mean, maybe Russia shouldn't have attacked uh, Ukraine and then this wouldn't have happened. Very cute. I'm sure it's adorable and yeah. I'm sure you feel great and whatever. Maybe sure. They shouldn't have. Sure. You, you but know they have. And it's one of those, it's like, it's the selective outrage on either side that's annoying. If 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 the Russian FSB started assassinating Ukrainian politicians, they would be totally within their right to do so, and these same people would scream to high heaven about how it's a violation of the Geneva Convention or whatever. Right, but the, the, other, the other concern, the other real concern here is, right now, you have some of the, there's, there's known attacks that the SBU has pulled off, potentially one being the Nord Stream pipeline. Um, then... Hmm. There's these attacks that happened in Russia that were assassinations that, of course, when they happened, we were like, yeah, Ukraine's behind this. You're an idiot if you think otherwise. The concern isn't what they're doing now. The concern is, okay, let's say that Ukraine somehow is successful and Zelensky settles, every, like everything settles down. And then Zelensky goes back to just being the president of Ukraine and it's no longer, you know, a war zone or anything. The United States allowed Zelensky to assassinate political opponents. Yeah. I mean, like all, everything. Like the assassinate political opponents, clamp down on free speech, arrest opposition journalists. It's mm -hmm. the left got, gets off on saying, well, the United States supported all these dictators, man. And then it's, we just go, yeah. And they're doing that with Zelensky. Like, mm -hmm. I. I listened when the left said that and thought, wow, the U.S. probably shouldn't support all these dictators. And now I'm the one, I haven't changed. I've been going, yeah, that did seem kind of bad. And then the people on the left just go, ah, nope, totally different. The news told me that I support dictators now. Yeah. And I think that's the most annoying part is most people, on the, most Democrats support this stuff, <clears throat> not because they have some deep-seated philosophical argument it's not like noam chomsky's out here saying that they have to <laughs> it's the fact that they just heard it's that the news media gives glowing coverage and they just blithely go along with it which is it, it's the most disrespectful part because it means like all of their objections to the iraq war and all their other nonsense was always just disingenuous nonsense they never actually cared about any of that they were just parroting what the media the opinions that the media were telling them they were supposed to have if they were quote good enlightened people they never John cared Stewart about american imperialism until the media told them it was a bad thing until college professors told them it was a bad thing right because it became in vogue and popular yeah and it's it's um no it's it's extremely it of course like and it's it's hilarious but also sad at the same time
Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was the other part that I wanted to point out is this this does not look good for the Ukrainian SBU. It's entirely likely. Then the problem isn't what's happening now. That's what people are going to want to try to debate. Is it okay for them to have you know blown up a war journalist or what the hell ever? Or people will probably say Russian propagandists. That's not actually mm-hmm. the debate. The real debate is um, would Zelensky be capable of going backward? After this is all said and done, is Zelensky going to be able to not assassinate people who get in his way? Or he finds it inconvenient. That's mm-hmm. the question. Is he going to be able to turn that part off? Because the answer is it's highly unlikely because most people can't. Right. Right. And when the United States, that's the other thing. Zelensky, regardless, like maybe he won't, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But if Zelensky becomes a bloodthirsty, psychopathic dictator, the United States has tied themselves to him. Yeah. What do we do about that? I don't know. Yeah. But- it seems like we should do something. It seems like we shouldn't just allow that to continue. But here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Now, in other news, uh, there were a couple of things that happened that were very, very fascinating. So number one, in Florida, uh, their uh, legislature voted and had and created a six-week heartbeat bill Hell that yeah. Ron, DeSantis, Ron DeSantis signed immediately uh, to ensure that it got instantiated into law. And there were some interesting reactions to that bill. And then there's another one that we'll get to. But the reactions to that bill were things were, number one, it was great. Number two, we actually see exactly why the the GOP from the consultant class, like GOP establishment, sucks so bad. Because what were their reaction to it? Oh, God, we're too close to an election for people to actually be taking a stance on abortion. This is going to this is going to go poorly for DeSantis if he actually wants to run for president. I'm not joking. There were a lot and supposedly very pro-life people who all said this is a bad idea. You shouldn't actually do the things about abortion that you said you were going to do because you might lose the election. I remember people saying the same things about Donald Trump talking about immigration. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he won, I think, mainly because he was taking a he was taking a stance on immigration that was outside the bounds of conservative in- incorporated. And yep. I think I don't think that taking action like this against abortion is going to hurt DeSantis because at the same time, what is a, what is anyone going to do? Right. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Uh, something cut out on your end. But anyway, what, what I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back in just a second. But um, uh, or see if we can get the connection back. Um, but the point I was going to make is is like they're bringing this How up. How about now? Everything's good? Oh, yep, good. Yep. 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 Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. So weird. Um, anyway, no, the, the big thing is is not only was there the GOP establishment that wanted to come out and basically talk about how bad an idea this was, but in addition to that, we had all of the, um, uh, we, we, we had even people from Trump land act like DeSantis was hiding this in the middle of the night. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a question. Are the Democrats going to make abortion a central issue in the election, regardless of what Republicans do? Yes. Cause they will. They do it every yeah. election. Now they'll just be able to complain about it a little bit more. It did anybody who voted for Trump in the last two elections, are they going to suddenly go, well, I just can't vote for a guy who wants a, you know fewer abortions. 
No. Everybody who voted Republican is going to vote Republican regardless of who the Republican nominee is. And the and that I just can't imagine that this hurts DeSantis more than any other thing. Right. Heck, it probably is would be a huge benefit. How many Republicans are going to look at this and go, and this is the calculus that is annoying. How many Republicans or people that might vote Republicans are going to look at this and go, I don't even care about abortion. I just like that he did something. Right. I like that something happened and he pushed for some change rather than continuing the status quo and complaining about it. Well, but the, the so the typical thinking that comes from all of these idiot consultants uh, that become basically like the gospel uh, when it comes to uh, these candidates, especially when it comes to uh, candidates running for president is, well, you have to appeal to the independents. That's who wins elections. And that now that may or may not be true. That might be true. It, like, I get it. There, there's the people that are going to always vote Republican. There's the people that are always going to vote Democrat. And then there's these people in the middle that swing, you know, swing voters. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have to appeal to them. And from the GOP side, they're always told you have to moderate. Oh my God, you have to moderate, moderate your message to win these independents. Do you ever see the left moderate? Do you ever see the left moderate? We're constantly told by all these experts in the GOP that we have to moderate our message and that's how we're going to win the election. Tell me when the left moderated their message. Tell me, just give me an example. Give me an example when the left ever fucking moderated. Tell me when they ever went, went to the right. Tell me when that's ever happened. Yeah, please. Please, because it, there should be a ton of there should be a ton of examples where the where the uh, the the left wing was like, well, I'm not exactly, you know, you know, actually, I'm pro life. Um, you know, I'm 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 actually pro life. Or really, I, I I do recognize the Second Amendment. I think weapons should be left alone. Or you know, I totally understand this. Or I totally understand. Tell me, tell me when the left ever moderated and it was believable whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I'll wait. I'll fucking wait. Yeah, I can't think of many times. And I just, I, I'm, I know maybe I sound a little bit like way more angry about this than I should, but it is believed every damn time. It's exactly why we got John McCain. It's exactly why we got Mitt Romney. It's exactly why we got George W. Bush because we were constantly told the more moderate candidate will win the independence. And then they run. Barack Obama, who had zero fucking experience and was one of the most progressive, liberal, socialist people in the entire Democrat Party, didn't moderate in the slightest. You're a joke. Yeah. How do these people still have jobs? Yeah. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I don't want these people to ruin the Republican Party that was built basically after the Great Reformation, which was Donald Trump's election. Yeah. So there's that. But also, there was another bill that was passed in Florida, which has caused some very weird reactions. Um, and what it is, is the bill in Florida is the, so the Florida Senate committee, this was on the 13th, the Florida Senate committee unanimously passed a bill that would give the death penalty to, the, to those who commit sexual crimes against children. 
Okay. Well, it's not exactly a difficult, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, who's def who's de like, uh, uh, like, who's opposing this bill? You know what I mean? Like, so okay, so it was. I've, I've heard that many LGBT groups oppose the bill. This which is, maybe a is a rather damning indictment on what that community actually does and believes. This is a response um, that was widely posted. Uh, somebody put posted, "I'm not going to beat around the bush." This is DeSantis going full Putin. This is solely so they can start executing LGBTQ people. If you're queer and in Florida, get out while you still can. Sorry, wasn't the bill about sexually abusing children? I'll just, I'll just, I'll just reread it. Florida Senate committee has unanimously passed a bill that would give the death penalty to those who commit sexual crimes against children. And for some reason, the left takes that as an attack against the LGBTQ community. Huh? Interesting. That's certainly weird. It is. LGBT people don't. There's not like a big chunk of their community that abuses children, is there? Because that'd be pretty crazy. I mean, there's a very popular statement that gets floated around, and it's the, you know, don't make me tap the sign. And it's from uh, Aaron McIntyre, and the sign just says, it's not rocket scientists. Or, sorry, it's not rocket science guys. They're just evil and want to diddle your kids. I remember, do you remember monkeypox? How there was all this these news articles about this monkeypox <laughs> epidemic, yeah, it and was all of these favorite. and it um, all of these uh, it was, oh, it was spreading like wildfire through the gay community, and then the uh, adopted children of gay couples and their pets also started testing positive for it, and then we learned it was a sexually transmitted disease, and then it disappeared from the news cycle. Yeah, that's a little um, a little horrific. Um, well. And what makes it even more concerning, I would say, is there was a headline from April 14th, and it says, UN report calls for decriminalization of all sexual activity, including between adults and children. Yeah. Why does the UN want to make it easier to diddle kids? So this is part of the document that it comes from. And uh, it's, it's the, or the reference document, which is titled the eight March, the eight March principles for a human rights based approach to criminal law, pro, criminal law prescribing conduct associated with sex, reproduction, drug abuse or drug use, HIV, homelessness, and poverty. And in this, it has principle 16, consensual sexual conduct, Consens consensual sexual conduct, irrespective of the type of sexual activity, the sex, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression of the people involved or their mutual, their marital status may not be criminalized in any circumstances. Consensual same sex, as well as consensual different sex sexual relations or consensual sexual relations with or between trans nine non-binary 
and other gender diverse people or outside marriage, whether premarital or extramarital, may therefore never be criminalized. Gross. With respect to the enforcement of criminal law, any prescribed minimum age of consent to sex must be applied in a non-discriminatory manner. Enforcement may not be linked to the sex, gender, or participants or age of consent to marriage. Moreover, sexual conduct involving pe people below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in law. In this context, the enforcement of criminal law should reflect the rights and capacity of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual conduct and their right to be heard in matters concerning them. Pursuant to their evolving capacities and progressive autonomy, persons under 18 years of age should participate in decisions affecting them with due regard to their age, maturity, and best interests, and with specific attention to non-discrimination guarantees. Yeah, so the entire reason why they want to get rid of parental rights and they want to make um make it so children as like young as eight or nine can decide their gender is uh basically so they can bone them gross yeah the entire point of the transgender movement is to make it to where children can consent to consensual act consensual sexual activity uh change my mind or at the very least, they know there are enough, there's enough pedophilia in the LGBTQ community that if there are laws passed against it, it will inevitably catch a bunch of LGBT activists and people in it, and it will drive stigma against the LGBT community. Mm. It will hinder acceptance of the LGBT lifestyle if people realize that a bunch of them are, are pedophiles. Well, this was a very popular um, misnomer that was created by the left in like the 90s and early 2000s, which was actually because when people were talking about like gay marriage or like gay scout leaders was a really big one. In fact, even South Park like kind of amplified um amplified this in an episode that they did because there was a lot of stuff like with boy scouts and gay leaders and the boy scouts didn't want to have homosexual leaders uh because it made people concerned um and like in the south park episode for example there was big gay al who was the yeah. scout leader and everybody really liked him and he was a totally cool guy and whatever but then he had to go away because he was gay and the parents weren't comfortable with it and then they brought in this other leader who ended up molesting the boys yeah and so, and this was, this was the constant refrain that we always heard, which is actually, it's far more common for a married heterosexual ma white male to molest your kids than a gay man. Uh, Hey dude, if you're touching somebody's dick and you're a guy, you're gay. Yeah. It's the same as like, well, all the priests, the pedophile priests in the Catholic church, it's like, oh yeah. And were those priests, um, straight or were they gay? Oh, they, they were straight. They were straight. They were totally straight. It's like, they were not totally straight, but they were having sexual relations with young, with boys. Yeah. You, young you know what? And you know what straight men aren't into? Uh, dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
It's not hard. <laughs> well, there also they, are the statistics where an alarming number of homosexual men um, report being molested by another homosexual when they were children. You could almost say that's how they reproduce. No, especially, I, I, especially if there isn't a homosexual gene, if it's not genetic, if it is a nature thing only, then you can say, well, what is creating, causing people to become homosexuals? And it seems relatively clear that there is a very large correlation between childhood sexual abuse by a homosexual and becoming a homosexual later in life. There, there is a, you're not allowed to study it. Course not. You're not allowed to ask the question um, because any, any, anything that looks under the hood and suggests that it isn't just beautiful and brave and just happens normal and there's nothing, there's no other. Basically, any any sort of scientific research that could potentially be interpreted as a or could potentially be leveraged as a method of um, solving homo, let's let's say it that way, solving homosexuality. Like if they find out that it, it it absolutely is a psychological response to say molestation, or let's say that they find out that they're like, well, yeah, it isn't actually a choice on the person's behalf, but we did find a strange link to these chemicals that are you know in uh, processed food um, that seem to be moving this way. Well, it would get shut down immediately because the natural reaction to that would be, well, we should probably not have that because it's causing an unnatural reaction. And by that, I just mean people taking the, the responsible approach. I don't mean people being like, get rid of the gays. I mean, people going, Oh, this isn't a natural effect. This is being caused by an outside force. The left will lose its mind over any focus on any of that strictly because they think it would be weaponized and stigmatized. And those people would be gone after. Right. So uh, a lot of it is like <clears throat> is Papacy deciding, well, what is there a normal baseline? And I think being a heter heterosexual is the normal baseline. And that's where people on the left would be upset. It's like, no, it's not abnormal to be gay or transgender. I'm like, no, it absolutely is abnormal to be gay or transgender. And maybe that's fine. But if there is a, is a, if there is a thing causing people to become abnormal, it would be useful to know that so that we have as few abnormal people as possible. It's like, right. what is society? There's, there's no positive societal condition caused by gays and trans more gays and transgenders in society if people are choosing that totally of their own volition that's one thing but if they are being if though if they are being created by some force of modernity whether it's chemicals in the water whether it's childhood sexual abuse we need to excise that from society so that the only people that are gay or transgender are ones that are choosing to be that way totally free and clear of outside forces. And I think that is a totally normal and rational response to have. The vast, if the vast majority of, the more people in society that are normal and heterosexual people, the better off your society is going to be. Man, every first year philosophy student just uh, just had a heart attack and went, define normal, man. No, they just uh -huh. had a heart attack because they were pumped full of the COVID vaccine and uh, it actually <laughs> has been weakening their heart muscle for the last couple of you know, years. <laughs> no, but that's 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 the uh, that is the weird part, right, is that just simply passing a law that said that the death penalty can be applied to people who sexually abuse children resulted in a 
worry and concern by the quote lgbtq community that is that is weird as oh god guys it's more targeting by desantis uh to go after the lgbtq community oh my god what did he do well he he's gonna sentence child molesters to death and everybody goes i'm gonna need more information or you're actually just admitting that you all diddle kids so you're saying that there's a large overlap between the pedophile community and the LGBT community, and that's why they're worried about this? It's like, I, I was told that was right-wing propaganda, but here you are admitting <laughs> that it's a fact. Yeah, because they're going to be like, no, you don't understand what he's going to do. Like they're they're gonna tap dance around it. They're gonna be like, no, what he's gonna do is they're gonna start defining gender transition surgeries as child sexual abuse, you know. And so, like, if a if a twelve year old goes in to get like a, a you know a whatever double mastectomy or whatnot, they're gonna call it child sexual abuse. Oh, it's like I don't. Number one, I don't think that that's true. I and number think, two, even if that was true, I would fully support it. Yeah. Like, I don't think 12 year olds should have any part cut off. That seems like a really bad idea in your youth. Yeah. It's like, like, oh no, oh no, they're going to stop. They're going to stop surgeons from. They're going to stop surgeons from creating horrible Dr. Moreau experiments on children. So, I mean, I'm not really going to against that, I guess. Like, uh oh. This is really going to have to kind of be the final thought on, on the show, but it's interesting because I actually had somebody bring this up to me and I'd never really thought about it. So I was really fascinated. Um, the excuse that's constantly used for transgenders to undergo this surgery. Um, and let's think about it from the idea of children, right? Because it's a little bit, di it is different when it's an adult. You're just kind of like, I'm fucking okay. Sure. But let's take a look at it in the concept of it's, these these people are going to go get this surgery done to feel more like who they are you know they want to feel they they want to outwardly project the beauty that they have inside which by the way was the excuse that was constantly used for things like breast implants so i just have a very simple question can a 12 year old girl get breast implants should she, should, let me rephrase, should a 12 year old girl be able to get breast implants because she thinks it makes her more beautiful and she wants to look more feminine? Is that okay? Because I don't fundamentally see how it's different than a I transgender do. surgery. Now, don't misunderstand me. I disagree with both and think it's gross, but I don't think that you can think one thing is gross and not the other. Because the response would be, well, no, that's disgusting because A, it sexualizes the child. B, there's no other reason for breast implants than to be sexualized. And C, it cripples and, a child. Yeah, and, and C, it's very unhealthy. Yeah. It it oh. will destroy their natural their natural development. Yeah. Like, what do you think all these hormones do? They sterilize a child and destroy their natural sexual development. Oh, they're they're way not worse even than breast implants. Physical development. Like, like if you, if you mess with puberty, it creates terrible medical conditions. Yeah, let's halt a totally natural process in the body that doesn't hurt you at all. I'm sure it'll all be fine. Yeah, <laughs> like nobody. I don't think anyone actually believes that. <laughs> yeah, like, I think no one believes it, but I think a lot of people are too scared to. It's like the emperor has no no clothes. It's like. 
everybody's just like, well, all the smart people can see the beautiful cloak he's wearing. And then every, all the normal people go, yeah, but he's naked and gross. <laughs> well, no, you just don't have the education to recognize how beautiful his uh, new clothes are. I We really need to ensure that we document this situation because 20 years from now when everything turns into like a horror movie and there's like grotesque uh like Herzog ver like not Herzog I don't remember the name of the guy that made like Cronenberg Cronenberg yeah some gross Cronenberg-esque mutation mutations in people where arms are growing out of their ass or their faces are melting off because we, you know, decided that we were just going to play God against human DNA. Um, we can't let them do like what they're trying to do with COVID and pretend like they had nothing to do with it. Yeah. But that's going to have to be it for the show for today. So be sure to go over to subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio where you can subscribe and help support the program as well as join our Discord and hear about the different places that we're going to start streaming to be a little bit more stable than the BS that we have going on on Podbean. And of course, follow us on all social media. And we'll definitely see you guys. Uh, we're going to have to pre-record next week, but it'll still be posted on Sunday for you all to listen to. Leave your comments below. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. This is Wrong Think Radio. You all know.